for a really long time, it meant safety to me. It meant reality because my life was just always, there were always stories going on in my life. There was never just a moment where I was just in reality, not worrying about anything else, not having to survive. So I think, and that's a really big thing for me because I felt a lot of my life, I felt unsafe. So the cello gives me that sense of safety that I have not experienced really anywhere else. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. You never know where you'll hear chamber music in Vermont. You could encounter a string quartet performing in a bookstore, in a cafe, at a bar, or a retirement community. If it's July, the musicians are likely to be participants in the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival. Now, in its 17th summer, the festival attracts over 200 young string musicians from high school to graduate school. The program is currently based at St. Michael's College for a month-long intensive of coaching, rehearsing, and performing classical music with a faculty of world-class teachers and performers. Then they take their talents on the road and perform at venues all around downtown Burlington in a series they call Classical Encounters. I spoke with three of the musicians about their musical journeys and their hopes for the future. Andres Chelis is a 19-year-old cello player from Venezuela whose family moved to the U.S. so that he and his brother could pursue music. Jelaine Mitchell is 22. She taught herself cello until the age of 16 and then landed a scholarship to study at a music school in Scotland. Layla Morris is a cello player who grew up in Hinesburg, Vermont, and is now attending the renowned Oberlin Conservatory in Ohio. I began by speaking with Elizabeth Chang, artistic director of the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival. Chang is a professor of violin at UMass Amherst and is on the faculty of the pre-college division at the Juilliard School in New York. I asked Chang how the festival began and to talk about its connection to Vermont. So it was founded by Kevin Lawrence in 2005. Um, Kevin is a, a very uh, distinguished performer and pedagogue who teaches during the year at the North Carolina School of the Arts. And he had been the artistic director at Killington Music Festival for, I think, seven-ish years, and then came over to Burlington, originally at the University of Vermont, to found Green Mountain with, with um, many of the faculty that, that he had been working with over the years. So, and I just stepped into this role in September of 2021, so still pretty new to it. <laughs> Were you a faculty member prior to that time? I had been. I was here starting in 2007. So I, I, yes, I had been part of it for a long time. You are a performer in your own right. You're a, on the faculty at UMass Amherst and the Juilliard Pre-College Division. Um, talk about what is the personality of the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival that maybe sets it apart um, in your own professional life. Yeah. Okay. Great question. So yeah, I've, I've given a lot of thought to this as I've, as I've been um, stepping into this role. Uh, I think it's a really special place for, for faculty to work with their own students. And then also for students who are not necessarily even um, students of the faculty here, but who want this kind of intensive experience where they can 
um, you know, the structure of it is very simple and is based on the metal mount model, which is uh, four hours of practicing in the morning, eight to 12, with the additional components of, um, of pretty intense chamber music. So they, they have um, a, a session of chamber music, at least one if, if they're not in two groups every afternoon. And, um, and uh, there are many other supplemental activities and concerts pretty much every night. So it's really totally packed schedule. And students come to it in all different, you know, at all different stages of development. And some people are, some people are here to uh, examine something basic in their technique that they want to think about intensely for four weeks. Other people are trying to acquire repertoire, uh, prepare for auditions. Um, some people, for some people, it's their first experience in this kind of intense environment. It really changes their um, how they feel about music, mostly but mostly it's positive. <laughs> Once in a while, people, I think, discover, oh, this really isn't for me. And that's useful too. <laughs> but um, yeah. There's some unusual things about this program, uh, namely some of the performance venues where students can be found and listeners may have encountered groups uh, at these locations. This includes Phoenix Books uh, in Burlington, Homeport, Muddy Waters Cafe, um, uh, Hotel Vermont, Kestrel Coffee. Elizabeth, what is, uh, these are not places where people are accustomed to encountering perhaps a chamber quartet. What's the idea behind that? Um, it's, it's really this great concept. There's so much going on, it's hard to remember to talk about everything. Uh, this is called Classical Encounters, and uh, it was started a, a number of years ago and has sort of organically grown. Uh, it's a place for our students to bring their work and their music to the community um, of Burlington and surrounding areas. And some of these places are where people who wouldn't ordinarily be found at concerts will stumble onto the, onto the performance, performers like Homeport and the coffee places and and some of these places are more concert-like like, like we're, we play concerts at wake robin and the hotel vermont is a little more concert-like there's um some kids things at king street center and at um with, for, organized with vermont violins and so it's you know there it's so many functions it's it's uh, our um it's our way of sharing what we do with the community it's also um introducing our students to the idea of, of, of how music can serve the community and, you know, just sort of the service component of, of music. And um, it just also connects us to the people here um, and gives our students another performance opportunity. So it's all, it's um, all positive. So. Well, let me um, start to introduce us to some of the participants in the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival. And uh, I feel like I should start with the person who has traveled the farthest, perhaps, and that is Andres Chelis. Uh, Andres, you are from Venezuela. Uh, you are 19 years old. Your family now lives in Miami. But um, your family story and your own story of coming to classical music and pursuing this um, has been required an enormous amount of commitment and sacrifice Talk about growing up in Venezuela, which some people may know has a very famous musical education system called El Sistema, although my understanding is you're not a product of that. But talk about growing up as a musician in Venezuela. 
Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. It's just such an honor to share my story. Um, so yes, I was born in the city of Maracaibo, and uh, it's very it's the second most populated uh, city in in the entire country in Venezuela. And I I grew up there. My I came from a musical family. My dad is a musician and my brother is also a musician. And uh, I was just very lucky to have that, the influence when at a very young age. Um, my dad, he he studied musicology in, in Venezuela. And uh, since I was a kid, he will always play music for me, um, play the, his traditional Venezuelan instrument called the cuatro, which is in short terms, uh, so like a little guitar, like a ukulele with four strings. And my brother plays a double bass. Um, he's currently um, he, he's currently based in Cincinnati and um, just got, got a job at the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. And just, um, I just, um, I'm just very happy that I, I got to have um, that influence very early in my life, yeah. Tell me about, you know, Venezuela is in the news for, unfortunately, uh, not good news. It's it's really struggling with an economic collapse and a political crisis. Tell me about your family's decision to leave Venezuela in order to help you and your brother pursue your musical career. Yeah, so um, as many people know, Venezuela is not a very good state, both economically or in terms of uh, security, um, I you know we luckily didn't have too many uh, incidents, but we did have some, and um, there were those were definitely factors and reasons uh, to make this decision and uh, look for a better future here in the U.S. Um, we moved here almost five years ago and um, it was a really hard decision for sure we left a lot of family we left i left you know my friends and it was just a total different culture here um my my english was not as as well as it is right now i wouldn't be able to talk um it was really it was frustrating at the beginning it, the same with my parents they didn't know the language they were looking for different jobs they were not you know working as what they usually would work in venezuela um so we had to really um fight in during those times and um you know but before before coming here we had a plan we you know we were, we were looking for what school i was gonna go to uh, to finish my high school where we're gonna leave um, and all of these things and you know thankfully everything went the the way we wanted to plan well and, well hold on i know that it didn't go exactly as planned because you arrived in the u.s hours was, before a live audition that was going to be for a very you know competitive High, musical high school in Miami, and you got off the plane and your cello. Well, why don't you tell us what you found when you opened your cello case? 
Yeah, actually, just before you, you interrupt me, I was about to, <laughs> to say that. Um, yeah, so everything, all, almost everything came in plan, except for a little incident that I, we had right when we arrived in the U.S. Um, so we had gotten a, a flight a week before an audition for this school at, in Miami called New World School of the Arts which is uh, I, I graduated from there and um, but the flight they got cancelled so the only flight available was the night before so I took that flight with my parents and we were when we arrived you know we were like disoriented we're you know it's a new country I don't know where to go um, and uh, then you know I remember I go to the we took a, a taxi and I started hearing something like jiggling inside the cello case. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. I, and then your cello is not supposed to make sounds unless you're, it's sitting <laughs> between your legs. Exactly. So I, you know, I told my mom, mom, I think, I think something is wrong with the cello. So we get to the, to the place where we were leaving and I literally open, I, I didn't care about anything else. I just opened the cello, the cello case, and it was destroyed. Like it was bad. Like it was, I couldn't. I got really, really frustrated at that time. Like I didn't know what to do. I was. It was so much frustration, and you know, even, like so many things going on. Just the new country, the you know, the audition, uh, getting there at twelve a.m. Uh, it was just terrible terrible conditions um but my my parents were very um you know they they're very strong and they were they said let's look for a child right now so at midnight we, at midnight and where do you find a cello at midnight in miami yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we were looking for cellos um you know if there was a store open and we found this one which was an hour away from where we were living and it closed like at 2 a.m or something and it was midnight so we use we you know let's do it <laughs> what else are we gonna do so we went there we went to a store it was a very sketchy store um most of the store like most of the things that were in the store were like guitars and this guy had two cellos which were the worst cellos I've ever seen in my life <laughs> like uh, it was it was such a mm. uh, but you know I had to I had to do something I had to take one of the cellos and say you know I have to do this and my parents you know we've been think we've we did this for for my future we did this for for this audition I can't give up so I woke up in the morning and I, you know, I got into the mindset of audition. I, you know, I'm going to do my best, even if I don't have, even if I'm not in the best conditions, I have to do it. So, you know, I, with no expectation, I just go to audition and I, you know, I, then I got, I got accepted three months later and uh, I, I'm just, you know, it was like such a, an intense experience, but it really taught me so much that you know perseverance is key for for success. 
Definitely. And it's about the musician, not the instrument. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, tell me a little bit, what does music mean to you in your life? Um, it has been your ticket to really a new life and for your family. Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned, music has, has been in my, my entire life and um, it has it has shown me well it has given me so much opportunity to meet people because i am a very um you know if before when i was a kid i i used to be very shy i wouldn't really you know go and approach people and talk to them um and uh, probably the little kid wouldn't be able to do this conversation right now <laughs> but um i you know, with music, I since I was so exposed to it, I had to. Um, music made me meet people. Like it, it, it was something that I had to do. It's not something that even if I didn't want, to, I had to do it because it's it's part of the job. It's part of being a musician. It's part, you know, the networking. And you know, I every time I I go on stage and I perform, I just feel that I'm being the true of myself um all the time i that's why it's just such a privilege and a responsibility for me to you know when i'm on stage because um i'm being myself there and and i stress of, of all of me but i'm also thinking of um you know of the audience that's there and i always try to 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 really give them a message of of what it is what music is we're going to go to a clip of your playing in a moment, but one of the things that is different um, that people will hear in this clip is that you are singing as you're playing. Talk <laughs> about this t style or technique of yours. Sure. So this piece is called Lamentacho by the composer jo Giovanni Solima. He's from Italy, but he's also a cellist, and he he was he's very influenced in you know, in Middle East music, jazz, rock, is very, um, you know, unconventional music that you don't usually listen to, like it's not fused into classical music. Um, but he was very brave and, you know, took the, the initiative to, to mix it up a little. And he made this great piece, uh, which requires a performer to sing while play. And um, I don't know, I feel like this piece, it's, it's, it's such a great um, piece because it, it, um, it's so spontaneous. Like every, every performance I make, it's always different. And yes, that, that applies to, to like classical music as well. But in this time, you can, I can add or you know, take something out um, and you know, no one will you know, really say anything about it. They will be like, oh, it's, that's really cool. Um, and the voice part, I just, I just love um, singing with the cello. I, I've been doing, you know, I never had any kind of training for singing, um, but I, you know, I've been always, I've always sung since I was a kid because I, I don't know, I always like to uh, sing the melodies of the music I play, and it really is a great tool for me to interpret the music and really to have it to internalize it right here. 
Um, All right. So, well, we're going to go to a clip of you playing and um, say again the composer and the name of the piece that we're about to hear. So this is Lamentacho by Giovanni Solima. That was 19-year-old Venezuelan-born cellist Andres Celis, who is part of the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival. We're going to turn now to Jelaine Mitchell. Jelaine is a cellist also who grew up in Seattle and now lives in Glasgow. She is 22 years old. Jelaine, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Jelaine, you, your story is not typical of an aspiring classical musician. You were largely self-taught until the age of 16, but also you've had a tumultuous home life that is, you know, not, doesn't lend itself to having your own corner of a house to practice. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal story? Yes. So, um, I started taking lessons when I was 16, but I started playing cello when I was 11, halfway through my sixth grade year. I miraculously got into the orchestra, mostly because I begged my counselors to. Um, But it was halfway through the year, and most of the beginner students had already started learning how to play, so I was really coming in behind everyone else, even at the very beginning. But um, I, as I did this orchestra, um, I started to find there was a survival tool in the music that I was learning. Um, my home life was just so chaotic. Um, we li- my mom and I lived in a studio apartment, no bedroom. She was undiagnosed with bipolar disorder. 
So it was very hard for me to do anything, anything at all. And practice was very hard for me to do because of paranoia that she had about the cello and about music and, you know. So that almost made me need to stick to it more because it was so hard and because when I did get to play, it was so rewarding. It was almost tethering me to a reality that I hadn't experienced before. So when I finally started taking lessons and I started getting the direction and the teaching from somebody who'd done this before, because I was really just winging it for most of that time, I started realizing, okay, this is something that can be really, really good for me. Not, not even at this point, it wasn't even about the sharing of music yet. It was about me surviving in a way that's healthy, in a way that I can stick to, in a way that's completely removed from my family. Because no one in my family's musicians. There's not a musical bone in their body. And they love the music that I play, but they're not musical. So this was very much my own thing that I could just work on by myself. No connection to my mom, no connection to anybody. It was just me. So I stuck with it. I ended up taking a gap year after high school to catch up because I still was very, I felt very behind and I was. Took a gap year and then I got into a school in Scotland called the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland. So, and I got a, I was on scholarship there. So that's when I first started realizing, okay, maybe this is starting to work out. Maybe I have a chance at this. Cause until this point I was so, and I, even at that point I, I still felt behind, but I felt like, okay, people are start, my efforts are starting to be seen by others. So this, it just snowballed. It snowballed into a bigger thing. I just had my first, performance in front of a big audience a few weeks ago at this festival and it just uh cemented the idea that I'm totally meant for this just totally 100%. So you really had to fight to be a musician. Um you yeah. had to swim upstream against all of these, you know, strong currents against you. Yeah. When you put your bow to the strings of a cello what does that mean to you? For a long time, I've thought about this, what it means to me. And, and I feel like a lot of the answers that I hear are about sharing the music with other people. And while that's becoming true for me now that I'm performing more and seeing how that feels, for a really long time, it meant safety to me. It meant reality because my life was just always, there were always stories going on in my life. There was never just a moment where I was just in reality, not worrying about anything else, not having to survive. So I think, and that's a really big thing for me because I felt a lot of my life, I felt unsafe. So the cello gives me that sense of safety that I have not experienced really anywhere else, that I can just explore what I want to explore because most of our time is spent alone in a practice room, to be honest. So I can just explore things on the cello, see what I'm capable of, see what music I can make. 
When you began at this conservatory in Scotland, what was it like to land? You know, you had essentially been traveling through a desert and suddenly you're in an oasis of music. Uh, yeah. What did that feel like for you? It was wild. It was really wild. I didn't um, expect the culture shock that I got because um, everyone there, and my school is also with acting and drama and ballet. So it's not just music. And just seeing everybody doing the same thing I'm doing, but doing it in a way that it's it's their whole life, you know? It's their whole life. They've had help from their parents to give them space to practice long hours. And I could see these amazing players that were the same age as me. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like this is really, really cool. And, and sometimes I'd feel like, okay, then I'm not going to be successful because I'm up against these people who've been practicing for hours every day for the last 10 years. But everyone was so welcoming and supportive. And even though I was surround, now surrounded by everybody who's a music student, who's a, a cellist, a violinist, whatever, even though that's very daunting, I felt completely welcomed, completely accepted. It was amazing. What is, have you been to Vermont before coming to this, the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival? I actually came to Green Mountain in 2018 to study with my now teacher, Allison Wells, who I'm studying with this summer too. What is it like for you? I love it. it it's, it's a home away from home, I feel, because we're all here to do the same thing. We're all here to make music. We're all here to grow we're all here because we know that this intense environment is good for us. And I really enjoy being here and being surrounded by everybody playing music, having the same, you know, goals as me, not exactly the same, obviously, but we're all here to make music and to master our craft, you know? So even on the days where I'm not motivated, I can hear these people playing and I think, no, I'm here to do this and I can do it because there are, there's 200 people around me who are all doing the same thing, probably feeling the same way that I feel and they're pushing through. I am going to push through. You mentioned that a few weeks ago was your first time performing in front of a large audience. Do you get stage fright? Do you get performance anxiety? Yes. And I'll, I've struggled with it a lot. I, for this performance, I probably spent four entire days just mentally preparing, telling myself positive things and picturing myself on the stage because luckily I got to see where I would perform. So I could kind of make myself nervous ahead of time so I could learn how to deal with it. Um, I've never done that before. I've done it in, in smaller ways, but nothing like this where I've spent so much time trying to tame my nerves because I have a lot of anxiety when it comes to being on stage in front of people, especially in front of other musicians who know exactly what I'm doing and where I'm messing up, you know? And I don't think they really care, but it's still, it, in my mind, it matters. So. We have a clip of you playing a Bach cello suite um, I don't know if this was the performance that you're referring to. It wasn't. Okay, but just uh, introduce the little piece of music that uh, we're about to hear. 
this is Bach number five, Jig, played by Jelaine Mitchell. an excerpt of a Bach cello suite played by 22-year-old Jelaine Mitchell, who is a participant in the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival. Let's turn now to Layla Morris. Uh, Layla, you are a homegrown talent. You're from Hinesburg, Vermont, now attending Oberlin Conservatory in Ohio. Tell us a little bit about your musical journey. Uh, to where you are now. Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I, yeah, I grew up here in Vermont. 
I also come from a family of musicians like Andres. Uh, my parents are both professional musicians and much of my extended family also plays a lot of music. So I was pretty much steeped in it from birth. <laughs> Who are your parents? Maybe some of us have seen them in a concert somewhere. Yeah, their names are Pam Wright and Ira Morris. Uh, my mom is a Suzuki violin teacher. She runs a nonprofit organization here in um, the Burlington area called Vermont Suzuki Violins. Um, and she's kind of known for having been one of the first people to bring Suzuki to Vermont. So I really grew up in the Suzuki world. Um, and my dad generally teaches like post Suzuki high school, um, more advanced students. Um, and he plays with some local orchestras as well. Um, Dartmouth Symphony, Springfield Symphony, Vermont Symphony sometimes too, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so back to your story. Um, you're surrounded by music in your family. Um, Vermont is, you know, many schools don't have string programs. Um, so talk about how you came to, how you have found a home for yourself musically. Yeah, there was no string program. I went to Heinsberg Community School for a few years and then I actually was homeschooled. Um, but even when I went to high school, I went to Champlain Valley Union High School, there was no orchestra. Um, there were a lot of talented string players at the school though. And I always played in the Vermont Youth Orchestra programs. Um, I started playing when I was about three years old. Um, there was a local Suzuki cello teacher, Miss um, Ann Brown. She was wonderful. I studied with her for nine years. Um, and there was a small cello program at my mom's Suzuki school. It wasn't only violins, even though it's violins in the name. So I was able to play a lot, even though it wasn't part of my academic life at all. Um, and yeah, I was in the Vermont Youth Orchestra for five years, and I was in the orchestras leading up to that one um, for many years before that. So were you, uh, you attended CVU, um, so when you were homeschooled until what point? Third through eighth grade. So once you get to high school, um, you know, there are a lot of opportunities to play sports, to be in drama and in other activities. How did music continue to be kind of your North Star through this? I was pretty fixated on music before I even got to high school. I, I knew from before middle school pretty much that I wanted to be a musician. Um, I'd seen it in my house. I knew it was, you know, possible if you worked hard. Um, so I was very focused on music. I did well in school. I liked taking classes and everything. Um, but I definitely made sure that music was my first priority the whole time. Um, I did a little bit of like choral singing through my high school as well, which only helps play your instrument better. So, yeah. You're now at a world-renowned music conservatory at Oberlin. What is that like to go from Vermont, from a relatively small community, to a place where you're surrounded by, you know, wonderfully talented people. That aspect has honestly been much easier for me than I thought it would be. Um, I love it. It's wonderful. I mean, everyone in Oberlin is so supportive. It's not the stereotypical conservator, conservatory environment. Like, at least on the surface, everyone is very, very supportive of each other. Everyone goes to each other's recitals. Everyone wants each other to be successful. Everyone asks each other to play in the concerts that they organize. Um, it's really 
it's a wonderful place. It's a lot like Vermont in a lot of ways. Um, in high school, I definitely felt like there weren't a lot of other musicians who were as committed as I was, whether or not they were planning on becoming musicians. Um, there were just not that many people who were into it, where it was their first thing, you know, their only thing, really. Um, so I was really excited to be in an environment where other people took it as seriously as I did. Um, I never really had that before, for the most part, although I did attend some summer festivals that were that were along those lines. Um, so it's been really wonderful. I, I just love it there. Hmm. And what about being in the Green Mountain Chamber Music Festival? What is that experience? You, of course, this is your neighborhood, so um, you're not new to it, um, but it's different. You're playing in coffee shops and things like that where, you know, perhaps you've gone in the past just to get coffee. <laughs> yeah, I have. I played at Hotel Vermont on Saturday. Um, I have been there before for actually music related events. Um, but it was really fun and it was, you know, I don't spend a lot of time in Vermont hotels, obviously, because I live here. So it was cool to, you know, remember that the people who were watching me weren't actually local or, you know, semi-local. Um, that was kind of cool. It was like stepping into a little bit of a different corner of Vermont. Um, and I was the one who was, you know, local and providing the atmosphere um, for the guests. What does music mean to you in your life? I mean, it's sort of always been there. Um, I kind of felt like it was my career even way before it was. <laughs> like, I, I just really relied on it. I've always expected it to be there. Um, I love the collaborative aspect of music. I mean, that's like chamber music is my favorite thing to do. I love to play with other people um, and to work towards a common goal. Um, so it's really just, it's, I'm very motivated. Um, and it's just such an like integral part of me. I can't really imagine it not being there. And, and yeah, of course, like getting to share it with other people is, is super important as well. Um, so fast forward 10 years, what do you hope to be doing? Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, I really want to have a multifaceted career in music. I am very interested in teaching. I've grown up in the Suzuki world, so I would love to have my own studio um, at some point. I would love to be playing in chamber. I would love to be playing orchestra. Um, I also have a lot of interest in early music. I've been playing some Baroque cello at Oberlin. Um, it's well known for that. Um, and that's something I feel really passionate about, especially so I would love to be doing as much of that as I possibly can in the future. Jelaine Mitchell, let me come back to you um, with that question. What do you hope your life looks like in five or 10 years? I hope I'm, I'm doing a lot. I hope I'm teaching. This is my, my vision now. I hope I'm teaching, performing. I hope I have a little side orchestra job. You know, I hope I'm like living, uh, you know, when you see online, these artists who just are relaxing and just doing what they love, they're not, I don't know, stressing about stuff. I want to live like that. I hope it's possible. Cause you know, when you see online might not be the truth, but relax, doing what I love, not stressing out. That's the goal. 
and to be a professional musician is that yes yes in an orchestra in what sort of your your dream job i can see myself doing a lot of chamber music that's what what my mind goes to automatically when i think what do i want to be doing chamber music is what my mind automatically goes to and andreas chelis what do you hope your life looks like in five or ten years oh you know that's a tricky question because you don't you know so many things could could happen in these three years that i have in for college for undergrad that could you know change my my the whole my whole decisions in the future but um throughout these years i i want to you know cello is always is right now my priority number one um and i will it it will always be for a long time but i do want to explore other other fields in the music like conducting and composition um i just feel like uh you know um, conducting I, I i love the relationship between the orchestra and the conductor because um there there has to be a balanced uh agreement of respect and um I love looking at scores and analyzing what's what's going on there, um, what the composers really want to say. And um, I also want to, I love chamber music. I love performing as a soloist. Um, and, you know, I just want to, you know, keep going with it. Well, I want to thank all of you, uh, Leila Morris, Andreas Chelis, Jelaine Mitchell, and Elizabeth Chang and uh, encourage uh, listeners uh, who are around Burlington to stop in on one of the concerts, or you may simply encounter it at a Church Street store or coffee shop or wherever. But thanks to all of you for sharing your music stories with us. Thanks so much, David, for having us.